Hey, good people, this is your N.I. Dom, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, I'm hitting the record button because I have temperament on the brain. Temperament. And um, I had an experience yesterday that I am going to call a setback, a business setback, Um. I'm going to talk about why I don't ultimately think it is a setback, but I'm, but I think, I think the initial framing of yesterday's experience can be called a setback. Okay. And is it really, it really, it relates to business. And whenever I experience a setback, my mind, um, because I, I'm a problem solver and I don't live there. I don't linger in that um, belief system. Like, if I believe it to be a setback, I just don't stay in that space very long. Just I'm too much of a problem solver. And oftentimes, I'm like, okay, what, what's the lesson here? What's the lesson? What do I need to do? And then I go and do the thing and I move on. I mean... If the setback relates to anything task-oriented or business-oriented or work-oriented, for the most part, let me change that. Take, take work off the table. Take that off the table. That has, a, that has some variance to it. But for the most part, when I experience a setback, I don't live there. I don't live in that space. I don't, let, me, let, me, let me say it this way. I don't live in defeat. So a setback does not translate to defeat for me. Now, if I lived and lingered in the setback, it would be defeat. But because I don't, I don't stay there, I take the setback as an opportunity to learn, to adjust, to calibrate, and then I take action and I move on. I'm fairly consistent in that. So I'm up this morning after having the quote-unquote setback from yesterday and... Um, I'm processing action. I mean, I literally woke up thinking about action. Like, as a matter of fact, I woke up writing a letter in my head based on the experience I had yesterday. <laughs> and if you've been following this project, you know that that's my relationship with my intuition. Um, I literally, when I say I literally wake up, it's almost, well, it's not, um, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that I am processing in my sleep. And then I wake up in the middle of me processing. That's how it, it works for me. Now, I have that experience with poetry. I don't do, um, if I'm writing something, if I'm ever problem solving, I mean, and you know, I always associated associated that with NI. But what if that's TE? <laughs> Heaven help me. What if that's? Yeah, I was gonna say what if it's TI, but it's really it's TE because it's it's some kind of action. Do this, say this, write this. Hmm. I never. I've never connected the TE to that experience. I always have associated with NI. Now, before I had cognitive functions in my toolbox, 
you know how I would explain that pre-waking moment or that that awakening I would call I would say it was God or Holy Spirit and I would say I woke up God I woke up and God was telling me this that was the language I used before oh my God I don't want to go down a rabbit hole but what if like like I need to even explore that do I just no longer think that God is with me do I just no longer think that there's Holy Spirit because I sure don't I don't name it like that I don't, I, I say, my N.I. was working. But, I think if you spent, if we lingered here, I would attribute my N.I. as having a relationship with spirit. And um, I, I had a conversation, no, I had several deep conversations with this other N.I. Dom once. She's an INFJ, last time I checked, she was. <laughs> she identified as that as... And um, and we just talked about the spiritual connections of that ni dominus, and we had this theory that we were kind of building together. And um, I would love to exp- uh, share and explore that with you guys at some point. But anyway, anyway, so I woke up this morning in the midst of. Um, I mean, I woke up writing a letter that was as I opened my eyes. I was in the middle of a letter that I was writing in my head. As a response to yesterday's setback. So all I said all of that. Good grief. I said all of that to say that. I woke up. That I had an experience yesterday. That I am framing as a setback. Went to bed. Woke up with some action items. And then I started thinking about action items. I started thinking about me. And I started thinking about my my emotional relationship to both the setback and the action the now the so what now I started thinking about emotionally how I felt about yesterday and this morning and then I started thinking about my job what I call the BB&B for bread butter and business you had to go back and listen to another episode uh, in the past, because I'm not going to explain it now, um, but um, I've talked about it in the past. Then I went and started looking for jobs. <laughs> I started looking for jobs because I needed to take action. Like I needed to be like, okay, so this happened yesterday. This happened. Now what? So I started looking for jobs, and then in the midst of looking for jobs, I went back and I was just thinking about some. Um, like an orientation to life, mm, an orientation to work. And anyway, I landed up in my head on the idea of temperament. The word temperament started coming to me. Then I looked it up. I said, go look up the word temperament because why is that word surfacing for me? And then I got a definition of temperament. It made me deeply curious about it. And then it made me think about personality. Then I looked up personality and temperament. Looked at looked at Myers Briggs. Temperament related to Myers Briggs. Temperament on its own. Temperament related to the Enneagram. <laughs> and then I said, "You probably should just." Um, then I wanted to process a lot of that, a lot of what I took in. And I said, "Well, let's let's hit the record button." So 
I don't know. Again, I don't know where this reflection is going to take me. I really don't know. It may not even, it may not even be ultimately about temperament. But um, that's where I'm starting, okay? I'm starting with this idea of temperament. So I'm going to do my disclaimers. I'm going to tell you the setback from yesterday as much as I can because I don't like to give a lot of... I'm fairly private when it comes to my business life. Um, but I'm going to try to give a little bit of information so you'll understand the setback so you can appreciate my, my, my curiosity around temperament. Connected to work. Hopefully, if I don't fall in the rabbit hole. And then just see where, where this reflection goes. I'm really curious to see where this reflection is going to take me. Just because I do have a, a strong sense to take action from yesterday's setback. I really feel the need to take action. And so, um, so much of my processing this morning in the letter writing. Um, I was doing, I literally was wordsmithing, like, okay, I was wordsmithing like a game of chess. If you say these words, it's going to have this impact. If you say this, you know, these words will have that impact. So I've been like trying to strategize what words I'm going to use in this letter that I'm going to write, unless something happens in this reflection that takes me down a different path. But as of now, I'm going to write a letter in response to yesterday's setback, <laughs> unless something happens in this reflection that would um, in, in, intrigue me to, to consider other options, okay? All right, you guys, if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds, and um, I do so often, not always, but often using personality theory. The two that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs system and... Uh, the Enneagram, each of those systems kind of organize different personality structures, excuse me, different personalities. Personality structure is a word that came up, a concept that came up in my reading. So I'd like to t talk about that at some point and why I'm differentiating between personality and personality structure. That's interesting, but let me keep going. Those two systems um, identify, offer, offers a type, a, like a type a personality type, and pushing those two together, I do identify as an INTJ8 from those two systems. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist of almost 30 years, and I've spent half of that time doing leadership. I, um... I identify as a critical race feminist, and that's important because... Really, I re it's just important. I'm just thinking about, do I need to say it? I've been saying it more consistently in the last month or so, maybe maybe this since the fall. And I'm just playing with it because I think saying I'm an INTJ8 sh should, if you know how do you, if you know how those two uh, components come together to, to create an overall personality, maybe it's not even necessary to say I'm a critical race feminist. But until I figure that out, I'm going to tell you guys. I'm going to keep saying I'm a critical race feminist, which just means I have a sensitivity to power as relating to social constructs like race, gender, blah, 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 blah. Okay? So on and so forth. Or yada, yada, yada. Or anyway. <laughs> um, this project is unedited. It's unscripted. And it is literally a freestyling reflection. I do use a lot of jargon from personality systems. 
uh, such as cognitive functions and instincts. And so if you're not familiar with that, feel free to hit the pause button and go look it up. I don't profess to be an expert in this area. I am not trying to teach. If best, I'm trying to inspire and encourage through this project, and I do so by living out loud. That sounds very type one, doesn't it? I, I'm doing so primarily living out loud, reflecting out loud, problem solving out loud, having setbacks out loud <laughs> um, to encourage other people um, because my ultimate interest in in the world is just to inspire maximum growth, to inspire maximum maximum potential, I should say it that way, in all the work that I do, in all the things that I do. I think I'm ultimately interested in maximum potential. I never said that, have I? All right, you guys, let me tell you about the setback yesterday. Um, We're less than 15 minutes in. I think I did okay in terms of setting that up. Okay, so um, there's this thing that I've been masterminding for a very long time, and it's not just one thing that I've masterminded. There um, There are two main two main tracks that come together for one grand mastermind. There is an organization and there is a theory. Um, I want to say the theory comes first, but I can't say that. I don't think it's about the theory for me, I, there's sometimes I wonder if ultimately this thing that I want to do in the world, if it's ultimately about presenting this theory to the world. And I don't think that's enough for me. I need to show it. I need to show the theory in action. So that's what we're going to call it, a theory in action. Now, that's interesting for me to say a theory in action because I teach a class. mm when I'm t- okay, I was teaching a class for three years at the graduate level, and one of the assignments I would have my teachers do or my part my learners do because they weren't all they weren't all teachers. Most of my students were teachers, but sometimes I, I I did a class on school psychologists, and I had them do this assignment. I had a class of school psychologists or individuals who were going to school to become school psychologists. And they weren't all they they weren't teachers. They were from all different professions. Anyway, but I, I had them do this activity as well. And um so the assignment, the activity is called a theory a theory a theory of practice. And um I'm really excited about that assignment and even though I've not taught it it's been a year. It's been a little over a year now. I want to come back to it. There are two main, um, two types of assignments that I've been working on for the past five years when I give to learners, and I'm not, and I, I'm building it. So every time, every time I have a new group of learners and I give one of or one of those assignments, I then refine it. So it's a it's a it's an it's an assignment that grows, become it gets better and better. It's, and I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited about both of those assignments. And um, right now, I'm not I'm not playing with them at all because I'm not teaching. In that, I'm not teaching in a traditional sense. 
I believe I'm working with people who are learning from me, but I'm not teaching in that in 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 a classroom. Let me put it this way: I'm not doing classroom teaching. All right, there you go. Not right now. I'm not, and I'm missing it. But anyway, so um, where am I? Where am I in this story? Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm like, where am I? All right. So there's this theory that I have been developing formally. This theory took formal shape in 2000 and in 2010. It took formal shape as a theory in 2010. In 2003, it took shape as in a, a set of concepts. But that I, at that time, I didn't know I was building a theory. I thought I was working with a set of concepts. That was, what, 2003? But even if I go back before 2003, I believe I was living... I believe that theory that I'm calling now a theory of practice, the theory of practice was alive and well in my practice. It was my theory of practice, even though I didn't name it. And this is the thing I try to tell my teachers when I have them do this assignment. We all have a theory of practice. Those of us who are in a field and we've been in that field for a while, we learn it and then we refine that thing and then we put our unique fingerprint on it. And it becomes personal, the thing that you do in the world. It's personal. And you can explain, you should be able to explain why you do what you do, why you make the decisions that you make. And it's ultimately a theory of practice. So it's an assignment that I have people go through and I, and I have them build a, a formal theory of practice. Because I had one for a long time before I formalized mine. Okay. All right. So. I've had the opportunity to formalize my theory of practice. I've had the opportunity to take that theory of practice and put it into some research. And I've had the opportunity to write and publish about it. Okay. So it is not only it is my theory of practice, it's out there in the world. And every once in a while when I get cited, you know, I like to be credited, right? So every once in a while when I find that my name comes up in a citation, I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, so I'm proud of that. Um, I wish I could do more of it, but... Anyway, so there's a theory of practice, all right? And then there's an organization that I've been building for not as long as I've been building the the, uh, the theory of practice, but long enough for me to know that it's something that is important to my sense of being. It's, not, it's like it is heavily tied to my sense of being, my identity, and all that. Um, and... It, the organization is it really the pure purpose of this organization is for that theory of practice to be able to be um, expressed by um, more people outside of me. Because if it was just about me showcasing a theory of practice, I'm fine. But this theory of practice, I want it to live outside of me. It's something I believe other people should be able to do. I think that it'll make the world a better place. God, that sounds so like a type one. I'm sounding like a type one this morning. By the way, it's Wednesday morning. Okay. <laughs> so, anywho. And I don't have to go to work. I don't have to go to the job today, the BB&B. So, today is going to be 
more business oriented. I'm going to be able to be in my business mode all day. I'm excited. So, um, so the, the purpose of this organization is for the theory of practice to be outside of me, to be in other people. All right. Okay. The, the, the organization's part is difficult. There are a number of reasons that make it difficult. And there have been a number of times I've been like, just, just, you did it once. Because I did it the first time I launched this, an organization to showcase this theory of practice. There was such a, a high because, or, mm, oh, that's, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm already in a rabbit hole, y'all, because I didn't. Okay, I'm really, okay, okay, slow down. My head is right, I'm racing in my head right now. Okay. The first time I launched that organization, the first time, the first iteration of that organization that was launched, and it existed for five years. Um... It's very different than how I'm trying to launch the next iteration of that organization. What happened the first time around is I didn't know if it was going to be, I didn't know I was going to be successful. And it wasn't even about, it, uh, it wasn't about the organization at that time. It was about my ability to pursue it. That might sound contradictory, or, but it really wasn't about the organization at that point. You know what it was about? I never thought about it until this moment. Hot diggity dog, I'm having a breakthrough. It was about the theory of practice. The theory of practice that I had been living and developing. And me, me going after that organization was all a part of the theory, my theory of practice. I had an obligation to go after that organization because it's deeply connected to my, the theory. So as I pursued it and, and, and I, I mean, I wouldn't let it go. And guess what? I ended up getting the organization and I had it for five, I had it for five years. Now I've gone on to run other organizations and I've brought as much as I, I bring as much as I can that theory of practice with me. But because the theory, the theory that I've been building is so unique. Well, I shouldn't say it's so unique. It's so me. It's, it's a product of my uniqueness in the world. Right? I'm an NT. I'm an intuitive thinker. So in order to don't know, no one is really going to be able to fully embrace it because it's new. And I have to sell it, I have to teach it, I have to, and I've just found it is best, that theory of practice is best when I have what's called organizational control. Now, the second organization that I ran that was large, you know, I think about a large organization that payroll, <laughs> you know, when I have dozens, uh, or yeah, dozens of people on payroll, I'm like, yep, 
that's an organization. <laughs> so the second organization that I ran like that, I brought a lot of my theory of practice in, but I wasn't in ultimate control because it wasn't my organization. Someone hired me to run that organization. So I had a boss. But my first organization, I didn't really have a boss. I mean, I had people I was accountable to, but I didn't have a boss. And it's always about to what extent the boss is going to let me roll out the theory of practice. Okay, I see some connections in my head. A lot of connections are happening in this reflection. I'm not sure what it's doing for you, but this is helping me out. It's helping me right now tremendously. Okay, so I'm in. I'm back in the saddle of doing another organization. I think I've said this to you all, but it's. I've been in this place for a while. I'm going to be really honest with you. And it's getting to a place where I don't even want to talk about it anymore because the effectiveness in me is have is taking a hit. The TE part of me is taking a hit. Yo, how long are you going to talk about getting that organization off the ground? When are you going to get it done? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying. <laughs> and, that, and the NI, the NI, the NI is really, the NI is getting in the way. So we're the NI. So like an ENTJ, the NI helps. Ref- okay, this is, the NI refines the thing. For an ENTJ, the TE is about taking doing it, and the NI is about okay. We're going to refine it. It needs to be calibrated. Okay, fine. For the INTJ, as I understand it, if I'm wrong, you guys, somebody let me know. But as I understand it, the the INTJ, we see the thing through the NI, and then it's all about enacting the thing that we see. Okay. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed right now because a thought hit me from two days ago and I never flushed it out and it's coming up for me now. And I'm like, it's relevant, but if I flush it out, it's going to take me in a whole different path. But, and I've not talked about temperament yet. All right, you guys, I'm determined to give you something on temperament. I'm determined, I'm determined. Okay. One of the things I'm worried about, this is the thought that came up to for, for me the other day, is... Am I functioning as an INTJ in my desire to go and do the next iteration of this organization? Or am I functioning like an ENTJ? I'm trying to get it done, and now I'm using my NI to navigate the terrain of trying to launch this organization. I don't know. And I heard someone say that sometimes people treat the INTJ as though it's an introverted ENTJ, and that's not right. But in this case, I could see it. Because my NI envisioned this thing already, and I've already implemented it, and now I want to implement it at at the next level. So the NI refined it. The NI had a vision. It, now it was in, the thing was produced, and now the NI is refining it, and the TE is now going to produce that thing. It's trying. I'm trying. 
I want to say I'm trying really hard, but I think what complicates this idea of trying and effort is survival. You guys have heard me talking about this. And I don't yet know a way, a magical way around it. The, it would be better if I was able to just stop and just... No, it's, that's not true. Invest 100% in this work. But this work now requires... it. it the next level of this work is beyond me. And so I've ta- I talked about this in the episode where I talked about... F.E. and leadership, there were, there were, there were three things in that title. I know it was leadership and F.E., extroverted feeling, because I don't have it. And that's what's making this job, this particular level, incredibly difficult for me, because it re- is going to, it requires a team outside of me. I had a team before, but it was really a team behind me. I need a different team. That is going to be side by side with me. And getting that team has been one difficult. It's just been very difficult for me. I've really struggled here. But I won't quit. I'm, I am slightly embarrassed by it. Because I'm like. Um, my ego is located in extroverted thinking. I don't know if that's wrong to say, but it is. I like to say I'm going to do something and then I'm going to do it. But right now I'm trying to do something that really requires other people. And it's going to, re- it requires me to have some kind of something with these people. And I'm then thinking about when I perform, like when I'm performing F.E., when I think I'm performing it. Because I talked about this recently. I don't know what episode. I think it's within the last three episodes. Extroverted feeling. It's not in my stack. <laughs> it's not in my top. It's not in my preferred stack. It's the, it's, the, it's the episode where I talked about the shadow functions. But I don't even think I'm performing extroverted feeling. I'm performing. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm bastardizing introverted feeling. Because as I understand extroverted feeling, and I don't have it, so I'm, if I'm wrong, again, somebody, somebody just help me. But that extroverted feeling is malleable. It will move. It will take the shape of the people around them. Even if it doesn't do it fully, it, it's convincing. So even if a person who has extroverted feeling isn't really adjusting themselves for the people in the room, it looks like that person, it, it looks like she's doing it. It looks like he's doing it. It looks like they're doing it. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to cover all my bases. And I, that's where my performance stopped. Like I can, I can be sensitive to the people in the room. I can even pause and say, what are they thinking? What's the temperature in the room? But I'm not going to accommodate them. I'm not going to accommodate the people if it goes outside of the what the NI is seeing. What the NI is dictating. The NI says, mm, this is what we see. 
TE is committed to getting that thing in, in to get, getting that thing to manifest and that the people in the room right on the bus, I'll do everything in my power to get them, to persuade them, to make a case for it. But I will not accommodate, I will not adjust to the will of the people. If the will of the people is outside of the will of my introverted intuition. If, if my introverted intuition has a will, then I won't. If, if you could say that. If it's outside of the vision, I won't accommodate. And I don't, I don't know if FEs think that way. And you might be a TE user and you might be saying, yo, we don't think that way either. <laughs> you on your own here. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my God. You know, you guys, I do crack myself up, okay? Because it's a whole entire dialogue happening in my head. So anyway, that's kind of the setback yesterday. So... Um, I finally got to a place, uh, this summer after just, so last summer I was like, okay, you're, you've been unsuccessful in trying to get, I have, I actually have a team, but the people that I have on my team right now aren't executive at the executive level. They, they, they have some leadership in them, but their leadership is contingent upon my leadership. My, I need someone that is going to have their own will, their own um, commitment, and then to utilize that commitment to move my vision forward. I don't know how to explain it. So, okay, the best way I can explain it is I need somebody that probably has a TE top. I probably need an ENTJ. That's probably what I need. I need an ENTJ that's not necessarily committed to an NI vision, but is connected, is committed to a goal, an objective. I give the objective and then they use their NI to refine it. So I don't need an NITE, I don't need an INTJ leader. I don't think I do. Unless we have a very similar vision for an, an NI. And I do know an INTJ where we have very similar uh, thinking about the world and taking action in the world. And that's because here's, this is not only are we INTJs, we're both African-American. We both have the same training. I mean, almost exact training, training in social, you hear me say I'm a trained educator and social scientist. This individual is as well. And we both come from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. We have almost the same brain. Like when we are talking, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> the only difference is he's a male and I'm female. And then um, I'm, about, I'm about 15 years his senior, maybe 14 years his senior. So those are the two differences. I mean, I'm sure there are other differences, but in terms of major, the major with the, the attributes that I, I um, assign to myself, those are the major ones. So, um, yeah, so we'd have the same brain. But for the most part, I don't think, I think I need somebody that is not going to be committed to the idea of a thing. 
Mm-mm. That's not going to be committed to their own ideas, but they're going to be committed and drawn to the opportunity to implement, to, to pursue a thing. So not the I, the thing that exists outside of their head. I'm committed to the thing that exists in my head. I need somebody that's going to be committed to the thing that exists outside of their head and to be really driven by that. Anyway, so I had been trying to find that person. Okay, well, not this past summer, but last summer, 2020, I was like, I can't find it. And I, time is wasting. So I said, forget it. Go back and do it yourself like you did for the organization number one. And um, the first iteration of that organization but I have no desire to do that. I, I tried it. I just can't. I can't go and repeat something I've done already. And I know that if I don't have the right team structure, that I'm going to absolutely recreate the first organization. And I'm like trying to make it, I'm trying to convince myself that it's okay. Because I still can, anyway, so I'm playing mental games with myself. But it's hard because I, I I have zero desire to go and repeat yesterday. I have zero desire to repeat something I did already. But the part of me is saying, well, this is how I'm trying to negotiate with myself. No, you don't have the desire to repeat yesterday. But you, it doesn't make sense for you to go and work these other jobs and you, you're given 50 to 60 hours for these jobs and then trying to squeeze in time for the business. Is that, are you, is that desirable? Well, it's not logical. That doesn't, that's not, that doesn't make sense, right? Why would you go and work a job, the BBNB for 60 hours a week, even if I pared it down to 50 hours a week and then whatever energy and mental you have left over, you get up early in the morning. That's why I get up early in the morning to work the business. That is not making sense either, but I will tell you, the job still gives me something new to, to, to contend with in my head. And at the end of the day, I'm an INTJ. I have to have the opportunity to push forward into newness. I have, to, I have to, I have to create newness. So the, the, so, and if, and the other thing is, I've, I've had three jobs in three years. That's another thing that can be embarrassing. I don't think my sister would be embarrassed by that. For some reason, that's in, in my field. You don't. Every year. Every year I've started three different jobs. But the the positive side for me as an INTJ, that's all newness. I can go in there and re- start refining. And, and then I take these systems in these new jobs, and everybody's been doing it that way. And I go in, I consolidate, and I make it better. And they go, ooh, right? And then I'm like, yo. I, I, and that's the, that's the excitement for me in those jobs. And then and there's a lot of pain point in, those work, in the work, in the jobs. But because that excitement is there, um, because of the, what I'm able to do, um, because there's something for me to do in terms of producing something new that overrides anything that might be uncomfortable until I do the thing that I need to do there. And now there's nothing else to do but to 
keep repeating the thing that I built. So I refined this job. Um, I simplified it, right? I've made it more efficient. Now I want to move on. <laughs> and now I'm not going to sit here and deal with the office politics. I tolerated it before, but now I'm, there's no need for me to tolerate it. And then I move on. And that's kind of what happened yesterday. So let me bring all of this because apparently I didn't talk about temperament. I'm going to, no, I am going to close on temperament. Here, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So yes, yeah, so last year I really tried to say I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to go back and redo this organization. Uh, but I wasn't motivated, so I kept procrastinating. So finally this summer I accepted. You're not doing that. You keep, you just, you've made a logical decision that it would make sense to go in and, 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 and recreate that organization with you being the, ex, the sole executive. That's logical as opposed to going in and, and taking on these jobs, but you're not motivated there. This is, this is about temperament. I'm in the temperament conversation. I can see the connection now. Okay. So I said, this summer I was like, no, I have to have a business. I have to have a business partner. So if I can't find the individual, now I'm going to find an organization. Is there an organization that will partner with me? So I'm, I made I, I did some homework, put myself out there, did a little networking. I landed on three organizations, but there's one that I've been courting. We've been courting each other. But in the last six weeks, that courtship has started shifting. And I could see it. I could see subtleties and I could see subtle shifts in people before they can see it. Um, as an entrepreneur, um, that's not always good for me to see that. Because as an entrepreneur, there's a sales part of me. There's a hustle part of me, right? And if I can, if I can see that shift, but then I can sell you back into it, right? I can re <laughs> reconnect you back to the vision. Then I, I see the shift, but I'm not blinded by the shift because now I'm just going to resell it to you. Okay. So that's kind of what's been happening. So yesterday is no, the shift is no longer subtle. Now they didn't give me a no. It would be better if they gave me a hard no. This is the problem. It would be better if they said, nope, we don't want to partner with you. Then that would be something very concrete. And then I, I will move on. They gave me another. They just, they're like moving the neat. They're moving the goalpost. So I'm, I'm like, are you, are you doing this? Because you don't want to say no. You want me to say it. And to me, that's a setback because now we're no longer about, we're no longer talking about moving forward. We're playing this dance. We're doing this dance about, yeah, we want to do it, but we, we want to do it this, we can't do it this way. We, we want to do it, we can't, but well, we can't do it the way we said we were going to do it. And then I'm a problem solver. Well, then let's do it this way. Okay. Oh, we can't do it this way. Then I come up with another. So, well, let's do it this way. I'm done. Like I'm not, because now I'm I'm spending I'm spending too much time trying to bring them in when they may not want to be brought in. Right now, I don't think it's a hard no, but I'm going to play the next move. So yesterday, that was a setback. They gave me some more information about why we couldn't move forward, but they didn't say no. They, they didn't say no. They were just like, well. 
This is this how she started. Well, I've got good news and I've got bad news. Excuse me, you guys, but it's all bullshit. That's fine. I'm here for it. That's the excitement of it, right? I'm okay with it. But it's just delaying me. Because if I was live, if I totally lived in that cat and mouse game, it's a cat and mouse game right now, then I'd be in heaven. But I, like I told them yesterday, I said, I've got people who are waiting on me to get this organization off the ground. I don't have time to linger here like this. Um, I didn't say that. What I did say is I have people who are waiting on me and they're counting on me to do right. If that doing right is moving forward with you in, in a partnership, let's continue to talk. But I left that unspoken part to linger. If you're not here for it, I don't, don't waste my time because I can't, I have people whose time I'm trying to protect. I'm, okay. So I left that meeting. I left that meeting processing everything I just told you. Like they're saying yes, but they're not really moving forward. They're saying yes, but they're giving me all these buts. They're giving me all these roadblocks. The problem with that is I don't see a roadblock as a roadblock. It's final. I see a roadblock. Oh, then let's go around it. And that's what I've been thinking. Like, are those roadblocks real? Or is that their way of saying no because they can't say no? I don't know. I have no idea. But I don't have time to play with it. So that's the letter I was, I'm, I'm thinking about writing. Okay. I got 15 minutes left, y'all. <laughs> so that was yesterday. They came in, they gave me another roadblock, but it's not really a roadblock. It's not like they, I'm, 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 it really, it wasn't a roadblock and I started to move forward to show them there's a way around it. And then it occurred last night. It was like, no, 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 wait a minute. Step back. Look at the roadblocks that they look. There's a pattern here. I saw the pattern. I was like, "Wait a minute. What are we going to do about this?" Then I got irritated by the pattern. Right? I got irritated. Then they ate in me because this is now. I'm now. I'm thinking about issues of power and all of that. Okay, but the, I think the eight doesn't get in front of the INTJ. The eight is activated. Like, let's take some action. That's kind of like the eight was like, let's go into battle. <laughs> The INTJ part of me is like, wait a minute, just wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we can go into battle with them, but we need to make sure that at the end of the day, it's going to not interfere with the grand plan, the grand mastermind. Okay. So that's why I was word. <laughs> that's why I was wordsmithing my letter. Like, okay, if we say it this way, <laughs> or we can say it that way. So, um, so yeah. I have all of that. I'm, 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 I know how I'm going to move forward. I feel pretty confident about it. But before I got to this level of comfort, right? Now, all of this happened. Between, the meeting happened yesterday at 4. We got off the... I, I, it started at 4.30 to 6 o'clock. So let's say it ended at 6. Before 6 o'clock this morning, I had gone through my own the whole process. I went through all, everything I said to you, I had gone through the whole process. Processing that meeting, processing my reaction to that meeting, organizing that, putting it into patterns, then judging note that pattern, right? I judged the pattern, the eight, then, you know, and then strategize, strategize and all of that. And I feel pretty good about how I'm going to move forward. I feel more than good about how I'm going to move forward. 
even though I'm bothered by the set, but like that's the setback. Like, man, now I have to, I got to go back to the drawing board. Well, I don't really have to go back to the drawing board. There were two other organizations that I was entertaining, partnering with. I just need to go back to them um, or, or, or consider another possibility, right? It's just, it's the journey. It is the journey. It is what it is. But I was, in all of this, I was just thinking about my temperament to take action. My temperament to not, like I say, I said this to somebody uh, last week. And I'm going to curse again, you guys. So you have kids around. I, you, I do label this podcast as explicit, even though I don't curse a lot. Because when, it, when I'm ready for it to come out, I don't want to have to explain it like I'm doing now. So I said somebody, to, I said something. I said to someone last week, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. And I thought about that later, like, I don't really see myself as a bullshitter. I don't, that's not how I live my life. I don't have time to play a game. I don't have time to play games with people. That's just, that's probably why I'm not good. (laughs) That's probably why I'm not, I'm struggling with the, the people side of this, the partnership. Because I'm not, I don't, I have very little patience to play games. So I don't know if I really should say you can't bullshit a bullshitter. But you can, I can definitely say you can't bullshit somebody that doesn't have the appetite for it. I don't have an appetite for it. And because I don't have an appetite for it, I can see it. I have zero tolerance for game plan. I have zero tolerance for ineffectiveness, inefficiency. I have zero tolerance for chaos. Zero tolerance. Now, sometimes, do I have to be in, in an inefficient system, a chaotic system? You, Yep, but guess what I'm doing while I'm in that system? I'm fixing it. The problem is that I don't always have positional power to fix. Like, that's the problem with the job. And I'm in this place where I'm fixing something. This is what has been happening to me. This is what happens to me. I'm fixing something, but then I don't get credit for fixing it. You guys know I, I want I want the credit for it. Otherwise, I feel exploited. I've given you something. Now you've taken that thing from me, and I don't get anything in return. It, it feels like it feels like exploitation. And I think that happens to women and marginalized people all the time. People who are power holders will take. The ideas and the inventions, the creativity of other people who don't have power, and then they will mask it as theirs. There's the aid in me, you guys. So the INTJ me creates something. The INTJ in me knows something. I'm not playing a game like I like how other people, how power hoarders play the game. Power hoarders play the play the game of hoarding power. I don't do that. So then I'm not positioned properly with power. Then you take the thing that I've created and I'm left with nothing. And I don't feel good. Like there are some people, I think there are some personalities that will be like, well, at least I know I created it. No. Mm -mm. I don't want a private knowing that I created. I want an external public knowing. That's the TE part of me. It's the outside. There needs to be an outside knowing that I created that thing. So I don't know. So I, you know, I just was thinking about like that temperament in me to, um, like, first of all, how I kept this, this organization kept giving me 
Roblox. And my my temperament was like, yo, that that's just a little problem. That's a little hiccup. Let's problem solve it. Then I saw that problem. They gave me another one. Well, let's problem solve it. And because I'm so prone to problem solving, I didn't initially see the other functionality of the roadblock. Excuse me, the other function of the roadblock. I initially saw the roadblock as something that needed to be solved. That's how I saw it. Then it, said to me, then it occurred to me. Uh, then I saw that, then I caught the pattern. And I said, wait a minute. This roadblock isn't for me to solve. Or is it? They're, they may not be giving me this roadblock for me to solve it. This might be their, and it may, and some, it may be their no, and they may be holding on to me, like somebody said to me yesterday. They may be holding on to me, waiting for somebody else. Like they have somebody else in mind, and, and they don't want to lose me just in case. That could be, that could be a possibility. The other thing that could happen is that you want the, th- like, cause I, ever since I gave them, I have a website. It's a, it's a website that I built, right? It's very poor man. It's a poor man's version of a website. It's a poor man's work, work a website, but it's functional for me, right? I have a website that I've invested money in. One day I'm going to go and do another one, invest money. But right now I built my own website because I needed to have a function. So when this organization was like, well, you got to tell us a little more about this thing that you that we're partnering on, I gave them just enough, right? And so I finally gave them, and I said, well, if you want to know more, go to the website. I have more information on this website. They've been all in it. I have access to the stats. All of a sudden, there's been an increased spike in on that website. So could it be somebody else? Yeah, it could be. But come on now. They've been in it. So yesterday she said to me, you know what she, she, I'm not even going to tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm like, there's a couple of things she said that were insane. One thing that she said that I, she said, well, we're going to do some strategic planning and we would like to have you at the table with us when we do the strategic planning so that you can then give us ideas. And well, mm-hmm, do you guys hear that? That's in the aftermath of her telling me. So what I told her is that in one of the roadblocks, one of the roadblocks that they gave me yesterday was, we want to move forward. We just can't do it next. We can't do it with in the next few months. We're going to have to wait out 10 months and not three months. That 10 months is not terrible for me. That's why I was like, okay, we can work with it. Until I started saying, wait a minute. Look at that roadblock and connect it to some other the other roadblocks that you've problem solved. All right, so that was the roadblock. It was a, it was an issue of time. So what I said in the meeting yesterday, I said, okay, well while we while we were waiting, why don't you bring you can bring me in instead of bringing the instead of partnering the organization, you can bring me in to X Y and Z because they had talked about utilizing my skills to do some other things for them and their organization, and it would be an act of good faith. I'm showing sure, I'm showing you that we're going to work together in the future. So until we do that thing in the future, we're going to let's focus on this one thing that we can control right now. And then she was like, well, we could come up with something for you to do, but we're going to have to write a job description and then post it. And then you'll have to apply for it. When she said that, I said, huh? Now, I didn't want to tell you guys this because like you guys are listening to like they're just not that into you. Right. That is. 
That's the game. That's the that's that's what entrepreneurship is about. That doesn't bother me. I used to have somebody who told me, if you could do your dating life the way you do do your business life, you would be great. Like I can take rejection on the business level. Because rejection is like, oh, it's, it's information. I don't see it as rejection. I mean, I, it is rejection, but it's like, okay, and I move on. On a personal level with with, with relationships, romantic, nope, mm-mm, I, I don't, mm-mm, nope, <laughs> no, I can't, I can't do rejection. <laughs> but in business, as long as the rejection catapults me forward, we're good. So that was like, that was a, that was rejection. So here's the deal. You're going to tell me you're going to create a position. I'm going to apply for it. And then at the same, and then not even five minutes later, you'd say we're going to have a strategic planning meeting and you want me to come to that meeting and help out. (laughs) Do you hear yourself? (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, either I'm, either I'm stupid or they're stupid (laughs) because I'm like, do you really hear yourself right now? So it's all good. It's just the next day. It's just the next day. So I'm, I'm like, like I'm not overly worried about them. I think I'm more concerned about the people who are counting on me to get this organization moving forward. And I feel like a lot of them have their lives on hold waiting for me or waiting for this. They don't have their lives on complete hold, but, and I just, I feel like I can't have them. I just, that's the part. Like that's, I feel I'm very, I'm sensitive to that part. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm just sensitive to the people who are, who might be putting some of their lives, life on hold because they are committed to doing this part of the work. You know, they just don't have, they just don't have the executive leadership that I need. I wish they did. There was a, there was a part of this journey where I kept trying to get them ready to do that. They just don't have it. That's not, that's not the role that they play. So anyway, I just was thinking about that. That that in that in mm, that automacy, I think that's the word. The automacy in me that it was just like problem. I'm gonna problem solve that. Like there's an automacy uh, in me to problem solve to then be strategic and let's go look for different resources X Y and Z in the moment when I'm. And when I'm when I'm dealing with people, and I'm, I'm pausing right now because I'm thinking to myself, does that automacy, automacy, and I'm saying automacy as in automatic, does that automacy in you disappear when we're not dealing with people? And I think that's true. I think there's a high, there's a part of me that's action oriented that's related to people. That, that's related to the outer world. I thrive better when there's an outer component to it. I sound ENTJ ish. That sounds ENTJ to me. I don't know. That's T-E, though. That's T-E. That's, that's what it is. It's just T-E. And, um, and I think, and I'm going to close here, because I'm obviously going to go over an hour, but 
I think about the job that I'm at, the job, and I'm at a place at the job, like I've been in the other, th- the other two places, the other two jobs that I had. When I've hit a ceiling, I've hit a ceiling of the action I can take at that job. In terms of moving the work along and making it less chaotic, making it more effective and productive. Positionally, I've hit the ceiling. So let me, let me, I have a, this is what I wanted to confess. This is one of the things I wanted to confess to you all. This feels important to say out loud. When I hit that ceiling, I look like a feeler, you guys. At least I, that's how it feels to me. I, I it, it, and I'm, I can't, and then, and I become exasperated because I've, I'm feeling feeling oriented. Because now I'm, I'm, I'm angry, I'm agitated, you know. And I'm, I'm dealing with the feelings because there's a block on the TE. I can't take action. I can't move in the direction that I believe I need to go. Now, can I take some action? Yes, but not in the, not in I action, not in I driven action. So now I'm left with nothing but frustration and upset, you know. And because I don't like that feeling on me, I then want to take that feeling, analyze it, and then do something with the feeling, right? And it's just, it's circular. And I, I, and I had somebody who told me once. I don't know. She really pissed me off when she said this. She's like, my brother is an is an INTJ. Nope. Did she say an introvert or INTJ? I'll, she said, you don't, you, I don't know if she said an INTJ. She may have. But she was basically saying I felt more feeling to her. And I said, that's okay. Let's entertain that as a possibility. I like the feedback. Your brother's a white man who's older. And so that's one thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back and tell you why I brought up race and gender here, okay? I'm a critical race feminist. I'm dead. That's just what I do. But I'm going to come back. Let me say it. So that's one thing that I've said to her. The other thing is, the other thing is, am I like this? What percentage of the time do you see me in this feeling space? And, and it's not like happy feeling. It's not romantic feeling. The feeling that comes off of me when I'm in that feeling state is, like I said, anger, frustration, irritability. That's the feeling. That's the feeling. And I, and every, when you're around me, you know it. There's no, I'm not calm. I'm not stoic. I'm not reserved in that moment. But that's when I'm pushing up against a, some kind of ceiling or blockage that I can't get around, right? Right. Remember I told you when that other organization put these roadblocks, that didn't make me angry because I, I, had, I had positional authority to get around the roadblock. 
in the job, I do not have positional authority to get around some of those the, the things that are in the way. And then I don't have the other skills to know how to, excuse me, but bullshit my way around it. I don't, I don't, I could, I guess, but it would be a waste of time. I just, I don't want to. So it just had me thinking about temperament. Um, it just had me curious about temperament because I don't think the INTJ, excuse me, I don't think Myers-Briggs really um I don't think the Myers-Briggs really bring I, I don't think it treats temperament so I went to look up the word let me read the definition if my computer is not dead let me read the definition that I, I looked when I looked up temperament this morning hold on you guys I always, when I go back and I listen to these reflections, I laugh when I say, hold on a second, because I'm, <laughs> I'm acting like you guys, like the pause, it doesn't, when I say hold on and I push the pause button, it doesn't come across that way in the in the recording because you don't, you're not with me in the pause. So is it necessary for me to tell you to hold on? I don't know. But anyway, I'm back. I was just paused for maybe not even a minute. Okay, so one definition of temperament is a person's or animal's nature, um, especially as it permanently affects their behavior. Okay, hold on one second. I'm going to give you one more. So most of the, um, I'm back again. Now I was paused for um, almost two minutes on that, that time around. Um, most of these links or websites that I went to this morning basically says that temperament is more of an innate wiring like like you were born with that personality is a structure of a number of different things behavior thoughts feelings you guys know i've been on this kick about like making a case for personality as an identity and i said there are a number of things that make up a personality. So the argument of not over-identifying with your Myers-Briggs type is is spot on. Um, but I say over-identify. But can you have an identification with it? Yes. But I'm not going to unpack that because I've done that already. But um, I like this idea of a personality structure because personality then is comprised of a number of things. And I say that the Myers-Briggs is the cognitive orientation those cognitive functions, basically, it's telling you how I think, how I process information. How I, how I process inf- information and how I make decisions to act on that information that I, pro- that, I pro- that I process. That's all cognitive. I love the Enneagram because I think the Enneagram really shows kind of my emotional relationship to the world. It's a social-emotional aspect. So then I'm like, well, temperament. Because I do believe there's something where when we come out of the birth canal, that there's something in us before the socialization process hits. But here's, here's I'm going to push back on myself. There's enough research that shows that the socialization, I believe the socialization process can actually, it does happen pre-birth. Because I think there's research that says, like, if you were in the, 
if your uter if there was violence in the in in the environment while you were in the uterus that there's there's a connection between utero development and um, what's called um, attention hyper, attention deficit disorder. Uh, you guys have to go look that up. I don't I don't even know where I read that, but I remember reading that somewhere. So I don't really know if if I really, but I I can let me say it this way. I know there's a lot of controversy around when does a when when does personhood begin. Like, when is a person a person? Is it at conception, right? That's a whole life, pro-life, pro-choice debate, right? And I don't, I don't unpack that because I'm like, when, when does life begin? <clears throat> but at any rate, whenever life begins, I'm saying there is a, there's something about the person. Whenever we consider, let me say this, when does the person begin? And in that moment, there is something about the person that stays with us throughout life. Now, it begins to interact with the environment around us, but there's something that happened that exists prior to the environment. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, anyway, I don't have time to, clearly I need to do some reading on this. But anyway, all of that said that I'm wondering if temperament is that thing. I, I was listening to a podcast this summer, and I was like, I found out this idea of archetypes. Spiritually, there, is there a spiritual dimension that, we're, that we carry into the world with us? I don't know. Let me say this. Let me say this is what I this is what I want to believe. I want to believe this that there's a spiritual thing. There's something spiritual that we carry with us when we're born. That spiritual sense has a temperament. That temperament then interacts with the world, and personality is formed. That's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> Don't ask me to defend it because I can't. <laughs> but I'm curious about that. So now let's see if I find on somebody's podcast that, that they're going to be talking about when does life begin or when does personality begin? Uh, something to that effect. But we will see. We will see. Right. <laughs> All right, you guys, that's all I have for temperament. I wanted to say, um, oh, I, I wanted to read this. Let me read this and then I'll close here. I'm reading from a uh, website. I'm, I didn't vet it for its credibility, validity or any of that. I just, I was looking for words. And when I find words that help to organize my thinking, I go with it, okay? But this, the title of this web, this article is Difference Between Temperament and Personality. Um, when looking at temperament and personality, they are related to each other and are developed at a fairly, very early age. These two traits have to be developed from early, very early childhood as it stays with us our whole lives. How can temperament be defined? It refers to the different aspect of an individual's personality, like extroversion or introversion. Temperament is regarded as innate or inborn and it is not learned. So how do we define personality? I'm still reading, you guys. Personality is what arises within an individual. Personality, which remains throughout an individual's life, is made up of certain characteristics, patterns like behavior, feelings, and thoughts. Some of the fundamental characteristics related to personality are consistent. I'm not going to read that. That's not relevant. Here, I want to read temperament. 
Temperament is a basic inherited style, whereas personality is acquired on top of the temperament. Is that interesting? Personality happens on top of temperament. Interesting. I'm going to keep reading. Temperament can also be said to be the emotional activity of a person. I've been thinking that. I say that old brain is the emotional brain. Comes before cognition. I don't think INTJs or maybe INTPs like to hear it. (laughs) Do we want to say we're all thinking? No, the emotion is first. We just act and reason with it differently. Uh, Let me finish reading. I can close here. Um, Though temperament is said to be a natural instinct, it can also be nurtured as one grows. And I I do agree with that. Okay. So anyway, that's what I have on temperament, just looking at myself um, and how I I – like the automatic ways in which I act. The automatic ways in which I act and how that automacy – um, experiences resistance, right? And when I have positional authority, I respond one way with that resistance. And when I don't have positional authority, I respond a different way with that resistance, right? And when I don't have positional authority and I'm in, and I encounter resistance, then there's something else that rises up out of me: anger, frustration, irritability. And then I take action on the, of trying to, um, and this is the part I don't, I don't like about myself. If I, I don't like those feelings on me. And then I try to work to make them, I try to reason them away. I start trying to reason away the emotion. Instead of just sitting with it, like, this is just what it is. You're pissed off right now. You're pissed off because it doesn't make sense. I can't even sit in things not making sense in my own body. I have to make it make sense. Make it make sense. And then I go through. It's like I'm I'm like a tornado trying to make it make sense. It is like a revolving, um, a whirlwind of being irritated, angry, frustrated, and then trying to make sense of that to make it go away. It's, It's a hot mess, you guys. It is another curse word is coming. It is a shit show. <laughs> That's what I should name. <laughs> I should name this episode shit because I've said it enough, right? <sighs> you guys, that's all I got for you today. If this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. Whoa, we've been on it. I've been on a journey in this one. Um, if this conversation about temperament, positionality, is particularly as relating to authority um, business I mean I wasn't I don't really come this is not a podcast about business but every once in a while I will do I will talk about my business experiences um I think when I'm able to do more business, I will process more. But right now, I'm only I only have a few hours a week or the day to give to to dedicate to my business, and that's that's tough. Um, that's tough. But I have to eat, and and then I have to eat and get a job, and then I have to have a job that I feel dignified in, and then it then because of the level of, 
of my training and my background, then it requires me to be more responsible. And then I have to, it, it's just, a, it's, it's just something I got to, I got to problem solve that. I got to problem solve that. But anyway, if this conversation about temperament, personality, excuse me, ter- temperament, personality, um, positionality with authority, positionality without authority, um, business negotiations, problem solving, TE, um, if any of that, NI, if any of that connects to the co- a conversation you've had in the world, will you please take this link and share with those participants? Do make them, do help them out. In fact, tell them at what minute they should listen to. Don't make them listen to the whole thing. Um, and if my moving about in this conversation created some randomness in you, I'd like to hear that. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. Twitter, yournidom1. Facebook, NIDOM Leadership, and YouTube, you're NIDOM. You can reach me those ways, those in, through those platforms, but the best way is just to go to the website, yournidom.wordpress.com. Let me give you your assignment. Hold on. I'll be back. I want to get to a place where I can list these assignments. I, I do. I really want to list these assignments because they do feel like they're on repeat. But um, So this one might be on repeat, but I think it has um, a variation. It's... Um, I don't think it's the exact same question. So my question to you all is, when have you acted out of character? Not when. That's not the question. When do you act out of character? What's an experience or an event that's going to take you out of your character? When you say, well, that's not how I act or that's not the way I want to act. What is that thing that will take you out of character? And I'm, as I raise this question, it makes me think about, is that thing that will take you out of character, does that thing help us to better understand our temperament? Because I wonder if the personality is a, is a more controlled part of us and temperament is not. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm playing with this idea. I'm going to be playing with it for a while, so I hope you can do this with me. But what is the thing that takes you out of your character? What does it say about your temperament? What is your temperament? And the temperament is the emotional part of us. So I don't know if this is going to be tough for the thinker people who listen to me, who pride themselves on being not emotional, you know. So... But I, so I think that's all I have for you as a question. Like, what is the thing that takes you out of character? How how would you use that thing to define your temperament? Yeah, how would you use that thing to define your temperament? And I guess the third question could be, how does your temperament rub up against your personality? They connect, they overlap, but when do they rub up against each other, create friction? That's all I got for you guys. So it has been a pleasure hanging out with you. I'm going to go and uh, peel potatoes because I'm making candied yams for the family. And uh, that is what I'm going to contribute. (laughs) So I have 20 potatoes that I'm going to be peeling and cutting. And then I'm going to bake them tonight. Because in the United States, we celebrate Thanksgiving. And that's complicated. So if I, don't be surprised if I don't, if I come back tomorrow and give a, 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 my political treatment on Thanksgiving. And hopefully I'll do a better job than when I talked about Kyle Rittenhouse 
the the young man that was just acquitted. Um, I thought yesterday's reflection was pretty decent, except that part where I got into talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm like, oh Lord, you should have done you should have done your homework. So anyway, I'm gonna go peel potatoes for our Thanksgiving tomorrow, and then if I do come back and talk about Thanksgiving from a political lens. I will prom I promise you I'll do more homework, okay? All right, you guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you until I come back. Be well. Bye.